Welcome to the number one podcast. I am your host, Coach Jake. This is where we explore the journey from no one to number one. I am your host, Coach Jake. This is the show where we explore the journey of going from no one to number one. I hope you guys are good today. What's up? Santi Polito, BJJ, George Nano, Galactic Mario. Happy to see you guys. Marshall Strength, what is up? Hit me in the chat. Give me a number one. Just say, hey, give me a roll call. We got Nature Boy, 10th Planet. What's up, brother? George Nano, let's, yes, sir, let's go. Let's do this, man. Hope you guys are doing good. I had a great day yesterday, man. Went to my first Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce meeting. Are you, first of all, how many of you guys are business owners? That's the first question I have for you guys. You could be a solopreneur. You could be a business owner. You could be a, a partner in a business. How many of you guys actually have a business? That's the first question. And for those of you that don't have your own business, how many of you want to have your own business? That I'm, I'm just curious to get a read on you guys because I just go off about all the stuff that I love wrestling business, working out, that kind of stuff, some family things like that. So I'm just curious, man, what is it that, uh, do you own a business or are you a business person or do you want to open a business someday? Just super curious because today I want to talk about how entrepreneurs are really the future of the workforce. Okay. so. You know, I'm going to talk about a couple things. One, how to turn your entrepreneurial idea into reality and why you need to really do that. Okay. So are you tired of just dreaming about your business idea or your product idea or your service idea? Are you set? Are you ready to go? Make it a reality? Okay. Because I want you to buckle up. We're going to really blast through this with some big broad strokes and the exact steps that you need. So you could take your idea and actually turn it into a profitable business. It's, it's never been easier. I don't know what to tell you. And then I'm going to get into the case afterwards, why you really need to do it, even if you aren't doing it. Okay. So let me start by telling you a story. Okay. A couple of years ago, I had a great idea for a business, super excited, right? And I thought it was going to be the next big thing, but guess what? It wasn't because I didn't actually execute. I didn't take action. I just kept dreaming about it, right? And then next thing you know, somebody took my idea and turned it into a successful business. You want to know what that was? I was a kid and I would go to the grocery store. We had a, a Safeway by my house and I was a kid in the, uh, hey, what's up, Costa Jesus? What's up, homeboy? Love the podcast, bro. Thanks, dude. Good to see you, Costa. Glad you joined in. So I had this idea when I was a little kid because video, you know, they were, they were renting videotapes, right? And they would do it out of the grocery store. I don't know how many of you guys are old enough to remember this VHS tapes. You go to the grocery store, pick up a movie or something. So, um, I was into Nintendo, not even Nintendo 64, like the, the that little white box with the original Mario and all that. So, um, uh, 
I had this idea like, man, I would love it if you guys, in addition to renting VHS tapes, started renting video games. And nobody had thought of this. This was not out in the market. But I was like 12 years old. And then uh, fast forward a couple of years later, because games were expensive, especially for a kid who had no real means of income. So renting it, I could actually test and see if the game was any good. Because that was like the worst thing. Somebody gets you hyped up on a video game. You never saw it, never played it. Then you get to play it and it sucked. And then you just had to kind of play it and it just ended up collecting dust. Whereas if you video, if I rented it, I could play it and see. Anyway, so what did I learn from this? I think I had to be 12 or 13. I learned that ideas aren't enough, man. And in fact, ideas, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, it's my idea. Dude, ideas aren't enough. You have to take action and you have to do it quick, dude. Because there's 8 billion people. There's a lot of people out there thinking about the same kind of problems that you're trying to solve, right? So the very first step, number one, is that you have to take massive action. Okay? You got to just like grind. But, well, okay, so what is grind? What does that really mean? It means doing whatever it takes. People say that now, like whatever it takes. It's just like a cliche. I mean, whatever it takes, dude. You got to be creative. You got to have it on your mind all the time. How are you going to make this into a reality, right? It could be working long hours, uh, uh, sacrificing free time that you were using to chase girls or play Call of Duty or something. <laughs> and you got to put in the effort to make your dream come true. You got to actually take risk. Okay. Now, the number two step, after you actually commit to, to your idea and you actually start taking, yeah, Costa says it means getting down to the nitty gritty, rolling up your sleeves and being like, man, I need to, I need to really grind. I got to get in the weeds on this and tune everything out and focus, right? This is the problem with TikTok. It's training everybody to have like a seven second attention span. These bigger problems like creating your own business, creating a cash flow takes longer than seven seconds. It takes a crap ton of work. So that's one. Number two, though, you've got to start surrounding yourself with the right people. You cannot be around negativity. You cannot be around naysayers. You can't be around potheads. Listen, I got, I don't got, I'm not a teetotaler. I got no problem. I'm not saying don't do I'm just saying if you know anything about, let's just use weed as an example. I was at the chamber yesterday. A guy has two companies that are doing $10 million a year, a, a cannabis company and a roofing company. And, you know, the cannabis company just ain't going. And I could tell that he was, he was high because I've, I've done it and I know what it's like and I've been around a lot of people. And I'm like, dude, you got, listen, you got to get around the right people. I get that you're in the cannabis business, but maybe you shouldn't be getting high on your own supply. Maybe the drug you should shift to is caffeine. Hang out with a bunch of caffeinated people or at least hire a bunch of caffeinated people, right? So you got you to take massive action. You got to get around the right people. Now, that's not just the people around you, like friends, family, employees. You need to get a mentor. You need to get a coach, man. That was the big thing I noticed yesterday at the, uh, at the chamber mixer. They jumped at me. Everybody wants a business coach, right? Because what does a coach do? What is the job of a coach? 
they should change the name of coach to car because they're the same thing. In fact, the word coach, like your wrestling coach, your football coach, your basketball coach, Andy coach, the word comes from stagecoach. Like a horsepower buggy. It just gets you from one one place to another. That's what a coach does. When you're slacking, when you're not focused, they hold you accountable. They give you great ideas. They connect you with people. So you need to find a mentor or coach, not just surround yourself with other people. I mean, that's important too, to network and whatnot, like I did with the chamber yesterday. Okay? But like-minded people who are going to share your passion and support you. Like support. Man, when times get tough. Okay. So once you get your uh, idea, you get taken action and you get the right people around you. So you get your mindset right. Now you got to start actually validating and testing your idea. Right. This means create an MVP. M, minimum, V, viable, P, product. A minimum viable product. Get it out and start getting feedback. Maybe it's maybe you want to be a, a, a masseuse. You got to start giving back rubs and people be like, man, that sucks. Or that was too hard. Or whatever. Or you need to start uh, creating a better Swiss Army knife. I mean, I don't know what it is, but you got to get it made now and get it out, test it, get feedback, right? Make sure that there's actually a market before you throw a lot of money in. Let's, we got a bunch of comments jump, jumping in here. Uh, it means getting down to the nitty gritty, Costa says. And then Rain Man says, or drinking some of Costa's secret juice. I'll leave that to you, man. I'm, I'm married. Uh, Costa, and if I lose the match, it's anybody else's fault. It's nobody else's fault but mine because I didn't get down to the nitty gritty. That's what I love about wrestling. It's what I love about business, too. Uh, oh, what's up, Bulletproof Troop? He says, great coaches and mentors are so crucial to success. Now, see, this is coming from a guy who's actually a professional athlete. If you want to, let me just give you a hint here, man. You want to be a pro at anything? What pros do, well, the high-level good pros that make a living and a lot of money and get fame doing it, they get coaches. It's like the secret, bro. Okay? Okay, so mindset right, get the right people. Okay, get a minimum viable product, get it out to the market, get some feedback. Next step, you have to actually execute. Execute. What's the word execute mean? It means to kill it. You got to get out there. You got to chop the freaking head off on that bad boy. Put everything you've learned into action. Launch the business. Okay? People are afraid of failure, okay? They're afraid of failure, mostly because it's kind of trained into us through school. Like the worst thing you can do besides get expelled is getting an F, which stands for failure in the United States, right? I don't know what, how they grade elsewhere, but failure is, ne is a necessity for success. You got to get out there, man. When you start playing basketball, you're going to miss. You're going to be on the losing team until you keep going and put that action in and get a coach and do all the things that I'm telling you. It's the same in business. Okay? And you cannot be afraid to fail. The only reason I've had success is because I've failed even more massively than my success. 
There is no such thing as being ready. You just got to take the leap, man. I got a guy who um, I'm trying to get to become a scientific wrestling affiliate. I have another guy who's going to sign today, which I'm super excited to announce. These guys are studs. But um, I've got another guy, and I can tell you he's afraid. I've got a bunch of people already jumped onto this affiliate, making it work, growing on mission. We are blowing up, giving them purpose, giving them revenues, like all this great stuff, okay? Giving them training, coaching. And this guy, I could tell, is afraid. I keep pushing him. He, he tells me, like, I love catch. It is the reason for my success. They've won a whole, he's got an MMA and grappling gym. Won a whole bunch of things. My dad did catch. He's telling me all this. I got introduced by one of the best leading catches, catch can historians. Like everything is like a no brainer here. And then my price on this affiliation, like after you pay a down payment, it's $225 a month. There's another affiliate that comes in at a better price, a better value, more sales uh, support, business support, uh, higher level um, credibility. I mean, co-developed by Billy Robinson, rule set co-developed by Carl Gotch, endorsed by Frank Shamrock, uh, curriculum co-developed with Wade Chalice, Guinness record holder. This is like a no-brainer. And as I kept pushing, he kept like ignoring me, pushing me. I kept cleverly like picking at it. And it came down to it. And he's like, you know, I just, I don't believe I can make the money back. Dude. Another catch wrestling coach of mine, I told this to the guy, told me this. Whether you believe you can or you believe that you can't, you're right. It's all mental, man. You got to jump off the high dive and you got to go. Okay. So, in summary, Turning an idea into reality and making money from it, it is not easy. That's an easy thing to say, but it's not easy to do. I've done it for 30 years. It's going to take a crap ton of work, dedication, focus, and a willingness to take tons of action. A willingness to fail, a willingness to, to ask for help. Okay? But you get that mindset, you get the right people. And you push and you don't give up, dude, your dream will become real. Okay. So let's not wait anymore. Let's freaking go. Let's see what people are saying in here. Uh, Bulletproof says nothing else matters without execution. Nature Boy Ted Blanton says execution number one. Dude, these are facts, man. These are facts. Okay. And uh, Costa is saying, uh, Jesus Costa, you either do it or you don't. Plain and simple. Right? Truth. Now, you guys keep piping in. I love it. I want to get the feedback. I want to see if I can help you. That is my, my purpose in life. I might help you either making you a better grappler, which will get you in better shape. It'll give you better self-esteem. It will. It is the best... I don't want to call it a man maker anymore because there's so many incredibly talented women grappling and wrestling now, but it is the best path for personal development, man, because it is on you. It's re there's nobody else to blame. You just can see if you need to hard work harder or not. And it's relative to other people. It's just the greatest thing ever. And the only thing second to that is business. And it's different because it's not just, it, it is more of a team sport. 
it is a team sport. But in my view, I take the wrestler's view. You have to put everything on yourself. If you're going to claim credit for the wins, you got to cre claim credit for why you messed up. And in fact, your wins will plateau if you don't start taking credit for what you did to mess up so you can rectify. If you're just skipping over it, dude, it ain't ever going to work, right? And so uh, Emperor Charlemagne says, Robinson versus Schultz. Let's hear that story. I have no idea what story you're talking about. Uh, great business talk again, by the way. Thank you, sir. So, and we ain't done. And you guys can keep asking questions, but I do want to get to the secondary subject. Um, Nature Boy 10 Planet says, can you give us an example of minimal viable product using the scientific wrestling affiliate that has, has, has a positive ROI above the cost of the 225 a month? Okay, well, it's it's not a minimal viable product because it's actually been out there in the market and sold over and over and over again, right? So a minimal viable product would be, let's say that you, uh, let's say you want to make it instructional. I've done a billion of them, made, them, made my own, made ones for Olympic gold medalists and world record holders. So what you have to do is you go and you, let's say you're making your own instructional. I don't know, like you, whatever. You set up a camera, you get a buddy in a mat room and you film it. You pay to get it edited or you edit it yourself and you brand it. You put your own stuff on it, like your own brand and design. You get out to the marketplace, you get some online e-com store set up and you start banging it out you start schlepping, dude, selling, working, marketing, getting the word out. And if it sucks, you did not invest a whole lot of money. You didn't say, oh, I'm going to take out a loan for $200,000 and buy this editing suite. You just basically sacrifice some time and, and a little bit of money for some internet services, maybe a couple hundred bucks, and found out it doesn't work. But the other side, what if you are the next Eddie Bravo and you've renamed all these moves with stoner names and you just, and Joe Rogan's your best buddy, so you got a great marketing channel and that one little DVD blows up. Now you could take those profits. You had a minimum viable product and you tested and saw that it was work, that it worked. Okay. Now, an example is so let's separate this because uh, that's what a minimum viable product is. So let's talk about the actual products that have been selling for 20 years on scientific wrestling, right? So uh, let's say, uh, so you do the, the cost to get in right now is uh, 9,995 bucks. Okay, that's the investment that you pay to get in on the brand that I built for 20 years with my network, with my connections, my risk, my hard work, all the money I put in, all the travel, the tens of thousands of people that I've trained, the inventory of products, the books I've written, the all that stuff. Okay, that's your buy-in. You become a partner in the company, right? An affiliate. You get to license the material. Now. So you pay the down and you're paying $225 a month, right? Let's say you want to do it that way. I give you a 50% commission. Let's just do it easy on the DVDs. Let's say you never do anything else and all you want is the resale rights on the DVDs. Each pain is $100. It's like $99 bucks in the shopping. You sell five of those. And you've already covered the 225. And that 20, 225 isn't ongoing forever. Like 
a lot of these affiliate programs, there's ones out there. You have to pay three, 400 bucks a month forever in perpetuity. You just pay the 225 until the 995 is paid off. And then after that, you only have to pay 500 bucks a year to maintain because I do have costs, servers and all this other stuff that I got to pay. So, right? So you're basically, after you pay the 10 grand off, that 600 is an option on the right to make all the money if you go out and sell it or you set up the systems. AI is pretty amazing these days. You don't even need to pay somebody. You just set up the, do all the work. It's crazy. Crazy world we're about to enter into here. Um, and that's just selling the DVDs. You sell five of legal pain. You go to every high school and you say, this is the jam, dude. And you need to learn, not just take down the how to win on points. You want to pin because you guys could be behind on seven points with 10 seconds to go. And your guy knows how to pin. He pins this guy and he still wins, even though he's seven points behind. So that's just one of, I think I, I can't even tell you how many products come with the affiliate license. I think it's got to be over 25. That I, now you can sell rash cards. You can go, because you license the brand, you can make your own rash cards with scientific wrestling on them. They have to get approval. I don't want anything crude or dumb or, you know, like that tarnishing the brand, especially for the other guys that are in on the affiliate. But if it's a good idea and I know the market well and you know the market well, let's go. You make money on t-shirts. You make money on rash cards. You can make money. You get certified. Now you, could, you don't even have to have a gym. I have affiliates that don't own a gym. And they just wanted to, to be able to resell the products and go out on the seminar circuit. And then they have no overhead because they don't even have to pay for a gym space. They can just go and do seminars. <clears throat> so that's how you can make money off of this program. There's like a million ways. I don't want to spend the whole thing because I really do want to get uh, to the second part of the conversation. And I don't want to, uh, you know, Let's see here. So Emperor Charlemagne, I do want to get to comments too, says, ever meet Gary Albright? No, he passed away uh, before I ever got to meet him. Love his suplex DVD. Yeah, then we just cut together all the, the greatest hits uh, from the UWFI, his tenure there. Um, how much time did he spend with Robinson, Thez, and Hodge? So, you know, they were just brought on as coaches and consultants for the UWFI. So, you know, whenever they ran training, which I don't know the exact frequency. This is a question, by the way, if you guys come to our Charlotte camp for Coach and Catch, we got one coming up two weeks for you guys in New Mexico, Utah, Colorado, Nevada, Southern California. It's drivable, like four hours for you guys. It's not a big deal. Me and Sam and Gil, all of us, are all going to be there, full coaches. Uh, you will get a ton out of this camp. Two full days of training. Usually what these other jokers charge for like one seminar. I don't know what to tell you, dude. We are literally the best deal going. We have changed so many people. I don't care. So many people ripped us off, not giving us credit. Doesn't matter. People know. People know. You can fool people, some people, but you can't fool all the people. We, people know. Uh, but if you come to the Charlotte camp, UWFI wrestler and the guy Billy Robinson called the greatest American athlete uh, that he trained is going to be there. Billy Scott, we put out a DVD by him as well. Uh, he could definitely answer your questions. I don't know if that helps because I, I, you know, I wasn't there and I never really asked him. But you can ask Billy Scott. He was there. He'll tell you whatever you want to know. Okay, so 
Now, I talked to you already about making your entrepreneurial vision a reality, your dream real. Okay. But why? Why does it matter? Let me tell you why it matters. Because we live in this crazy time. Facebook just laid off like 10,000 people. Google, the same. Amazon, the same. Like just mass layoffs. I know that people are struggling. I helped a, a cat named Ben, a really cool guy. I actually know him, knew him through uh, uh, some of my work as a libertarian years ago. And he came to one of my very first uh, entrepreneurial trainings in like 2011. And he was working his ass off, dude. He was like a delivery driver for Amazon or one of these guys. And, and he has four kids, a wife at home that wasn't working, and just grinding and barely making it. And we had to reassess what he was doing. And we looked at what he was doing and figured out, man, you... If you want to get ahead, you are not going to do that with a J-O-B. And the sad fact is, is many of these people who call themselves entrepreneurs or business owners, they don't really fit my meaning or my definition of a business owner. Because a business is something you can sell to somebody else. And a lot of these entrepreneurs are, or solopreneurs, the vast majority of small businesses have one employee <laughs> and that's you or, you know, the person in the business. So, so why entrepreneurs are the future of work? Why? Okay. Why are they the future of the workforce? So let's just get this out of the way. We live in a world where the only constant is change. Hey guys, it's Coach Jake with the number one podcast. And, you know, at number one coaching, we know that small business owners struggle to scale and increase their revenues. So we're here to help you. We believe that every single entrepreneur deserves the chance to win beyond their wildest dreams so that they can have peace of mind and abundance. We do that by Increasing your revenue, teaching your sales strategies to increase your revenue, demolishing employee disengagement. And we do that really by transforming your sales managers into coaches that are concerned with putting points on the board, but those points are revenue. I want to help you. I'm here to help you. You don't have to go through your business life, complacent, just accepting, reacting. Let's take charge. Let's win. You can head over to numberonecoaching.com, schedule an appointment. It's free. We can do a strategy session, 15 minutes for free. Numberonecoaching.com. Thanks. Technology is evolving so freaking fast. It is nearly impossible to keep up. And now that AI is training AI, you are definitely not going to keep up. And we've seen this traditional nine to five workday, five days a week. I, 
Biden just tried to submit something. I thought, or I saw I could, somebody correct me if I'm wrong about changing the workday to four days a week, which is going the wrong direction. But anyway, the point is, is everything is changing, right? The old ways of doing things are dead. Dead. And if you want to thrive, you want to succeed in this new economic reality, man, you have to be adaptable and innovative. And unfortunately, a lot of those old jobs won't allow it. So you end up stuck. Do you feel stuck? Maybe it's because you're trapped in a job, in an identity that doesn't allow for innovation, that doesn't allow for adaptability. Okay, this is the home of entrepreneurs innovating, adapting, improvising. They're the ones who come up with the changes in the workforce. AI, that was made by entrepreneurs. OpenAI.com, Jasper, or the bajillion other companies that are out there now. They're the ones creating new jobs and opportunities. Facebook, Uber, DoorDash, Airbnb, Verbo. Bringing in new ideas, shaking things up. Because they're not happy with how things are. I call this divine discontent. And at the level at which you really need it, it's disgust. Disgust is so undervalued, man. You should be disgusted with yourself if you're fat. I said it. Because you can change that. Oh, my hormones, dude, I, how come they don't got that problem in Ethiopia, man? This is a dietary issue. It's how much and what you're eating. And your activity levels. But this goes for day-to-day -day stuff. But in that story I was telling about video games, renting them, I was disgusted with the state of affairs. I'm like, I'm a young dude. I can't be dropping 50 bucks on a video game. I don't got it. I want to change things. I can rent it for three days and abuse the hell out of that, that cartridge. Just blow on it. Play it. Rent it for like $5 for the weekend. Then I can buy it if I like it. Entrepreneurs are the people always looking to improve things, to grow. And they're not afraid to take risks, to stick their neck out. Because they're not afraid of failing. Habub Hamza 28, free the dates. All right. I mean, here's the thing, man. My, my kids, my youngest, my boy, 11, loves Andrew and Tristan Tate. And my daughter, 16, hates him. And my boy, 13, doesn't like him either. So it's a sad state of affairs because I don't think they've gotten a fair trial. I can't look at the evidence. But, you know, this world is just messed up. And it's, I think the Matrix was such a great metaphor for how screens have created this, like, overlay on reality where you actually aren't really paying attention and asking for evidence. You just talking heads tell you something and you do it. That's a whole other, a whole other subject. Let's see if I'm missing any other comments here. So I, I mean, I don't know, uh, Nate, if that answered your question. We could talk more on the phone. 
about that if you're still on. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Horsefield Matthew Michael Good is on author. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, some of these names I have a hard time with. I apologize. That's totally my fault. But so entrepreneurs are not ever satisfied with the status quo. They're always looking to improve things, fix things, that kind of stuff, right? Not afraid to take risks. And they're not afraid to make sacrifices, right? So this is the kind of thing that gives entrepreneurs, honestly, an unfair advantage to everybody that's just swiping or scrolling or just being lazy. These are the guys that create the jobs of tomorrow. The, it's just what it is. They're going to drive the change in the world. They shape, the entrepreneurs are the ones that shape the future. Okay? And it's not just about creating new jobs. It's creating the way, it's changing the way that we actually work. I did an article. You guys need to get onto my, uh, my blog. I've started a new blog on Medium. Dot com. If you uh, are interested, I'll send you the link. Just DM me. I did a whole thing on what people in HR are looking for uh, because they're they're looking at these employee-driven uh, rankings. Like, what do people want when they work? Because now we know there's like a job, a hiring problem. Not only are there tons of layoffs, then there's people who don't want to work. So these entrepreneurs are trying to fix this with things like uber doordash the flexibility zoom now you can zoom do all your meetings and i actually have to show up in a hybrid work so these entrepreneurs are the ones that are like entrepreneurs started zoom and they're helping facilitate these changes not just in the jobs but the way we can do the jobs making them more flexible adaptable remote work, freelancing, right? This gig economy. You guys heard of Upwork? I've used Upwork for years, even when they were had a different name. I think they were, or didn't, weren't they used to be Elance, like freelance, but E-Lance? But here's the thing, the shift in, in the way that we're working and the nature of the jobs is not just good for entrepreneurs. I'm not one of these neo-Luddites that's like, oh, Stop the light bulb. It'll put candle makers out of work. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Because things like Uber or, you know, allowing AI to take over some menial tasks or allowing AI to do driving and, and, you know, take over trucking even, it does give individuals more freedom, more flexibility in their work lives, in their personal lives, allows people to pursue passions, take bigger risks. So in this way, it actually is creating even more entrepreneurs. So, okay, if you're listening to my podcast and you're thinking about your future in the workforce, I want you to think about this, okay? Think of it this way. Do you want to be a part of the old way of doing things or do you want to be a part of the new way? Do you want to be a cog in the machine or do you want to be the driver behind the wheel, okay? Choice is yours. You know the choice I've made. I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years, full-time entrepreneur since 2007. So what is that? Is that that's over 50. That's uh, almost 20 years, man. That's like 15, 16 years, whatever. I've done that. I did that back then because the future is now compared to back then. Back then, I even saw that entrepreneurs are the future. Okay? 
So in summary, the world's going to look way different as it has. It's always changing. It's going to look very different from the workforce of today in the future. And that is because, in my opinion, entrepreneurs are largely the ones driving this change. Sure, dummy politicians and bureaucrats are always messing around trying to get hustle people and get their their cut, like the mafia. Organized crime. No different. No difference. It's just a lot of these bureaucrats and politicians own the judges or the judicial system that calls people criminals. I mean, dude, all these people are showing up on Epstein's Island, dude. How come none of them are going to jail, right? So that line between uh, criminal and politician or bureaucrat is like almost non-existent. It's just using a different term for, for the same thing, right? A turd still smells like a turd, whether you call it feces or poop or whatever. Anyway, if you want to be a part of the future and do it nobly and change things for good by creating value for other people and for yourself, I really in, encourage you guys to embrace inner entrepreneur and join me on that journey. I will help you, man. I love it. Some people are like Mormon or Jehovah Witness or Scientologist or Catholic or Protestant or atheist and trying to recruit you. To, I'm trying to recruit you to be a small business owner and blow things up. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Emperor Charlemagne says, Love your political perspectives as well. Do you still consider yourself a libertarian? I do. I think that is the term that has the the powers that be have not detoured the meaning. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's to some people, they can't handle it, like Marxists and whatnot. Yeah, I, I think that is probably the best describer of me. But, you know, I do argue with libertarians all the time. Because I still, even within that group, have my own perspectives based on my own experiences. So I don't know if that helps you. Uh, let's see here. Emperor Charlemagne. On the subject of corruption, is Ye right? Uh, do you mean Kanye? I have, no, I have no idea, dude. I don't really pay attention to Kanye. So don't answer that. Um, yeah, dude, corruption's rampant. It's rampant. Uh, do you have to participate in the corruption? No. No. And I think it's prudent to create some sort of union, some sort of community, some sort of uh, army, some sort of um, whatever you want to call it, of like-minded individuals that uh, do not like corruption and uh, don't allow it. And anybody who does corrupt things should be excommunicated from the group. or there should be some process by which the excommunicated can work their way back in and prove themselves to no longer be corrupt. I mean, dude, look at Anthony Fauci. I mean, are you on Twitter? I, ha I can't help myself. I try not to go on there, but it is like a lot of high-level people doing a lot of shady stuff. You know, what, what is it Lord Acton is famous for saying? Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So it takes a very special person to not be corrupted by power. Uh, and that could be money, that could be fame, that could be a combination, that could be influence. You know, it's rare. 
it takes a lot of discipline, I think, and a lot of uh, interior fortitude. So, uh, Stephen, can 30-party win state-led elections more in the future? Yes, they can. Uh, we do have a system mathematically that disincentivizes third parties, and then there are actually uh, corrupt institutions like the President's Commission on Elections. I think that's the name of it. That's actually a... Whenever you get to see the debates... There's never a third party because the the commission on elections or whatever it's called is actually owned by the Democrats and Republicans and they exclude anybody else. So there is like media manipulation that happens. But there's also in in uh, what's known as public choice economics, there are disincentives with our voting system. So there are different voting systems. I don't like voting. I know that's kind of taboo to say, oh, my God, it's not for democracy or whatever. I. I'm just so pro individual rights, individual liberty, individual freedom that uh, democracy is still socialism. And I just don't see how a popularity contest is the best way to decide anything. I mean, just look at your prom king and queen. Like, no offense to prom kings and queens out there, but dude, I wouldn't want them leading nothing. And that's kind of who ends up with the reins of the country, right? We got. Creepy Uncle Joe, who his daughter in a diary said that he was raping her. I mean, geez, and that's the president sniffing kids on tape. Like, we see all this. And then we got Trump. I'm not a Trump humper either, man. That guy was going to Epstein's Island and is like his buddy. You can go find all this stuff. Like, they're all, I mean, look at Clinton. He was at Epstein's Island. Look at all these good, the, the bushes are just gross. Like, so I don't know that, that voting is the way. I don't know that democracy is the way. I don't believe in authoritarianism either at all. But, you know, so, um, but I do believe that there are better voting systems. Uh, ranked choice voting is fantastic for executives. Uh, you can just Google that, ranked choice or uh, fair vote. Fair vote is the great organization trying to educate people about these alternatives. What we do in the United States is called first past the post. All we care about who's, is who gets first place. So it just people just consolidate between one and, and two and buy for that. And then you end up with the Democrats and Republicans that, I mean, honestly, like these administrations, they're only different on some very fringe ideas, right? Um, and all of them are supporting a growing and growing bureaucratic base of one group of people living off another people. And it's just not sustainable. Um, through taxation and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan. You know what I'm I'm a fan of is um, the Bill Rights and the Anti-Federalists, historically. Um, we all know the Federalists. These are the people that were um, uh, made famous in the musical Hamilton. A lot of them were the, the Federalists. But uh, the Anti-Federalists were the ones that actually responsible for the Bill Rights. They refused to ratify the Constitution unless there, unless there was a Bill of Rights. Um, which guarantees our freedoms. The Constitution was a little sketchy on that, especially if you're black or a woman. The Constitution wasn't good. It was the Bill of Rights that eventually led, in my opinion, to the freeing of the slaves, led to the uh, to women's suffrage, that kind of stuff. Um, what I favor in lieu of voting, and this is so cutting edge and so so right that it, and when I say that, I mean correct, not left or right. That's dumb. I mean, correct. This is just the truth. This is the best thing to do. 
is have things like the president and our representatives and all those offices uh, determine the same way that we determine jury duty. What I love the Bill Rights and I love uh, trial by jury. Those are things that we owe to the anti-federalists. And they had a great way of making sure that you weren't, there wasn't, it was, it was random. It was a lottery. That's the best way to do it. And then, of course, you vet people's backgrounds. You give them training in the law, not partisan bullcrap. Uh, anyway, you could solve the whole voting nonsense with uh, the same way we pick juries. So Emperor Char Charlemagne says, uh, I'm with you on the libertarianism. I agree. And yes, we do argue with each other. Ha ha. I consider myself a classical liberal. Yeah, I mean, it depends who I'm talking to, right? So yeah, classical liberal. That's cool. I like Hayek a lot. Um, guy's certainly flawed, not perfect. Uh, classical liberalism's great. I don't really jibe much with the anarcho-capitalism. I love the idea. I think Murray Rothbard's a great writer, but it just isn't tenable. I've worked out a lot of these problems and it just doesn't work. Um, I, before, when I really finally left that scene, um, I was calling myself a Discordian libertarian uh, after the Discordians. And that was like, you know, Carrie Thornley, Robert Anton Wilson, these are all very strong libertarians, but had more of a sense of humor about it and didn't take themselves so serious. Uh, Emperor Charlemagne says, Twitter's great these days, so much corruption being exposed. I mean, it really is crazy, right? I love it. This is where I feel like Twitter is today what talk radio was 10, 15 years ago, where you just had random people saying what they thought, you know? But it's better because there's no real moderator other than the algorithm, I guess, is, is uh, an, uh, moderating these things. And then uh, I think, is this Charlemagne? Yeah. So he says, uh, agreed. It seems our POTUS choices always seem to be a choice between the lesser of two. Yeah, that's the, I mean, and that's the thing. That's first past the post voting. If you Google that, right, first past the post, you can see the mathematics. There's mathematicians, a Frenchman named Condorcet who, and Kenneth Arrow that were working on these things like the impossibility theorem and whatnot that show a lot of the problems with, with voting. Um, I do think voting is, is not a good way of doing it. I, I, because what happens is, you know, w there's been some studies on psychopathy and supposedly psychopaths are naturally or spontaneously occurring in a population Generally speaking, one out of 100 people. So by and large, 99 out of 100 people are good. And one, by, by, and by good, I mean somebody who has empathy or doesn't backstab or use people or, you know, a psychopath, like the clinical definition of a psychopath. Only one in 100 are psychopaths, right? However, that's in the general population. If you test politicians, for example, it's one in four, it's 25%. So why? Because that one in a hundred, they're like, man, it's me against 99. That ain't going to work. And how do I really get that power? Because I don't care about other people. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to politics. So they all get the same idea and they're highly represented in politics. CEOs are, are, are high on that rank. Uh, but we're not talking like mom and pop CEOs. This is where sometimes the language is not clear. These are the gigantic mega corporations like the Pfizer's and and these evil companies that do awful things of one in one in four. So, you know, how do we neuter that? 
How do we minimize that? And so random lottery, you get back to only, I mean, how many presidents we have? How nice would it be if 99 were good people and only one was a psychopath, right? That's, that's where, I'm, where I'm going with this. So, um, all right, guys, we are creeping up on 46 minutes. If you guys have questions for me or you have ideas or just anything you want to say to the audience, let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to check out of here. Best thing you can do is hit me up in the chat. And if, the, if this is not live, I do this live, but if it's not live and you're watching this after it's recorded, just hit me up in the DMs. Um, I will help you out if, if there's something I mentioned during the show or a concept that can point you to it. I am here to help. That's it. It's just as simple as that. So um, this coming weekend in Arizona, Arizona is really going to be the place to be. So I'm talking again to you four corner people um, like uh, Addicts Club. What's up, Don? Don, man. He's a man. Jake Shannon getting political again. Love it. No, I'm not. I'm not. I have people ask me my uh, my opinion. I'll tell you my opinion. But dude, that is a dumpster file. And I want nothing. I wouldn't wish somebody running for office on my worst enemy. I honestly wouldn't. I've ran and had to deal with the fallout and the nonsense and the harassment. It is just not worth it. <laughs> like it just isn't. So uh, I appreciate you though, Don. I appreciate you. Uh, like I was saying, man, you're in those four corner states, you're in Southern California. You need to get out there. Four corner states like Utah, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, or Southern California. You're, you're in four hours of Phoenix. This weekend is going to be the big King catch tournament, big, big tournament. Okay. And then there's going to be the following weekend, me and Sam Cress and Gil, all of us going to be freaking just coaching the crap out of people showing, elevating everybody's game. Uh, for grappling. So go to coachingcatch.com if you want to get uh, trained and if and just meet a bunch of really stellar people, man. And, and if you want to go uh, to the tournament, DM me or you can go to uh, the Instagram has the link. It's at az.catchwrestling. Uh, at az, like Arizona, at az.catchwrestling. Uh, stellar Steven, thoughts on Yuko Miyato? I'm sure you probably mentioned him before. Great guy. I don't know him personally, but, um, you know, before, you know, Billy left um, Japan. Eric Paulson's talked about it. You know, I don't, I it just, I think it had run its course. But while he was in Japan, you know, uh, Miyato looked after him and um, let Billy do really what he loves. And, 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 you know, that's a great thing. And I think Miyato is one of the very few people who has truly taken Billy's teachings, um, very seriously. So yeah, great guy, great guy. I recommend anybody go and train with him. Uh, obviously he's in Japan. So <laughs> like you gotta be in the Pacific Rim, but by all means, if you're down there, you know, he's, a, he's the guy to go study with, in my opinion, in that area. So I don't know if that answers your question. All right, guys. I'm refreshed. Just had my glass of water and we're creeping up on 50 minutes of podcasting. So hit me up if I can help you. Show up, dude. Like uh, this is one of the things that I'm constantly telling you guys. You have to show up. 
99999, like 100% of success starts with showing up. Stop waiting. Stop giving excuses. Go hustle. Donate blood. DoorDash. Like figure it out if you got to. Okay. Stellar Steven says, thanks. You're welcome, buddy. Just figure it out. You got to show up. You got to actively participate. You got to be proactive in what you want to happen for yourself, for your dreams. And if you want to be legendary, man, you got to really amp it up. You got crazy show up. So I'm here to help you, whether it be in business or be in, in your health, mentally or physically. I think wrestling is a, one of the greatest things that you can do for that. And I am definitely not alone. There are millions of people who have taken this path in, in wrestling and millions and billions that have taken this path in business. So if I can help you in either way, I am here for you. I appreciate your time. Uh, Kendo Jedi, do I know Lionel Ianham? No. I have no, I don't know who that is. Um, I like the name Lionel. That's cool. I have no idea. Who is that? I have no idea. Um, guys, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, that's it. And if you do want to join our mission to improve the lives of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth through scientific wrestling and make money through it, hit me up, dude, because then you're on my mission. And I'm, in a, I, I'm looking for people that are on their grind and understand the greatness of what we are doing. Okay. You want me in your corner? Get on the team. Okay. Appreciate you. You guys can check out Scientific Wrestler for that. Also, if you do, if you know somebody who needs help with their business, which is probably everybody, I didn't have, given all the craziness in the economy, um, you can refer them over to number one coaching. It's spelled just like the sign, no1coaching.com. There's information, ways to get a hold of me there. Uh, and again, DM me or whatever. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. You have a fantastic day. Hey, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the number one podcast. I am your host, Coach Jake. And as ever, please, if you enjoyed this episode, share it, pass it along, hit like, all that, smash the like button, whatever. Please help us get the word out. My mission is to help as many people as possible. Head over also to numberonecoaching.com. We are here to help you with your small business, help it succeed, help it grow and help you thrive and become number one.